Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock bringing you another hopefully fantastic episode of the podcast. This week we'll be chatting with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We'll be recapping what was a wonderful weekend in Rock City that really was all made possible by a tremendous effort on the road as the Rock beat the Georgia Swarm on Friday night by a score of 13-9 and then came back to Rock City on Saturday night and defeated the San Diego Seals 14-7. Dan Craig was 6 goals in this game a career high for him the sock trick and uh i think dan swish craig is becoming a thing especially if you checked out our social media this week it was a great little video put together that uh kind of emphasized the whole swish thing anyways you should check it out on our social channels as well so big big weekend coming up again the table has been set if the rock win on Saturday night, and the Halifax Thunderbirds went lose Sorry, the night before to the Calgary Roughnecks in Calgary, that will set up a clinching situation for the Toronto Rock on Saturday, April the 16th, in which the Rock could clinch second place in the East and a home playoff game. So we're hoping that that game sets up for all the marbles on Saturday, April the 16th. But as you will hear from Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer, None of us, folks, none of us can get ahead of themselves here. We have to focus on the business at hand, and that is this weekend, the Toronto Rock traveling down to Rochester to take on the Nighthawks. So with that, we'll jump right into our interview with Toronto Rock head coach, Matt Sawyer. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and I am now joined by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer, back on the program. How are you doing, Matt? I'm uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I That's guess. great to hear. I'm always happy to have you back on the show. Yeah. It's great to get the insight from the man behind the bench and the guy who was, uh, you know, you maybe had one of the best seats in the house for a lot, some of the shenanigans even on Saturday night. Well, I thought you were going to ask me about my, uh, my flag throw there in Georgia. The boys were uh, impressed with the distance. I don't think I saw it on the broadcast. Mm. Well, probably went out of the uh, camera. Out of view. the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How far did it go? Where did it land? Did yeah. you get past the logo? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah getting, really? Getting, getting close to the uh, referee circle, I think. So that would be pushing seventy plus feet. Is that what you're saying? Rink's eighty-five feet wide, right? Yeah. Didn't have the tape measure. It was just it was a good one. <laughs> Thanks for diffusing your own story there, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Saturday night because it's the thing that's freshest in everybody's minds, I'm sure. And um, we'll, we'll get into the weekend as a whole, obviously. But let's talk about the atmosphere in there on Saturday night. It was something that a lot of people commented on, yourself included, in the post game. But um, the building was going bananas. Nothing short of that, right? And, I mean, I think for good reason there was – Lots of reasons to cheer. 14 goals, an unbelievable fourth quarter where the team puts some great distance between themselves and their opponents. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, all the rough stuff kind of culminated into uh, some pushing and shoving and a few punches being thrown at the end of the game. But uh, just tell us about what your thoughts were from where you were standing on the bench. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, obviously a a good atmosphere and, um, you know, uh, uh, playing uh, playing a good game and uh, against a quality opponent and coming out of there uh, uh, with a, a big win. Um, it just kind of put a bow on everything. But, um, yeah, there was a couple of times where you uh, 
Uh, I just kind of stood there and, and looked around and, and kind of take it all in. I, I mentioned that to uh, to a couple of people on the bench at times. It uh, it was pretty neat, and um, you know uh, uh, anybody who was in there, I'm, I'm sure picked up on that. And and you know I thought it started with uh, um, Mitch's shorthanded goal, uh, kind of perfect sequence there. Uh, Aaron Forster just scored and. And then we got about 14 minutes in penalties, right? And went shorthanded, and the crowd was real vocal about that. And Mitch went in, um, you know, he just got a, a big loose ball in our own end when we're down five on three. Um, and uh, uh, weaved his way through a couple of defenders, and, or, uh, you know, a couple of guys trying to get the ball off him. He uh, uh, made a big play at center, swatted one guy off him, swam over top of the other, and, and then he stuck that shot. It was just so loud in there. It was. Uh, it was pretty cool. So I thought that uh, that kind of started things, and then um, you know there was lots to uh, to cheer about from uh, from there on out. And that's one thing I've started to notice about the the fan base there, the building. I think it the intimacy of things also I think contributes to things. It feels like the fans are a lot more on top of the game than they were at uh, Scotiabank Arena. But um, it, it is just like they love to cheer. I feel like, you know, even when we're struggling a couple of weeks ago against Georgia at home, it seemed like, you know, that third quarter was awesome in that game. And it seems like as soon as this team gives the fans a reason to cheer, they don't just half-ass it, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Like, they are fired up. Like, this is something we have not seen at Toronto Rock Games, to be honest with you, in quite some time, is the level of noise and fan interaction engagement whatever you want to say it feels like this building and perhaps you know a a bit of a different uh you know group of fans in some respects and this is not meant to be disrespectful to any fans that have come before but it just seems like the people that are at the games right now and maybe it's hey we're out of covid and we need something to cheer about and we want to go crazy and everything but it just seems like there is another level of cheer involved right now no, uh, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you said it uh, better than than I could, and, and that was uh, um, one of many disappointing um, uh, parts of the uh, the previous uh, home game we had against Georgia. Right? Um, you know, that was a big night, big night for uh, a lot of reasons, and and we had a great crowd in there, and you just felt that they were uh, itching for us to give them something to cheer about, and um, we certainly didn't do it that night. But we don't want to waste those opportunities, and um, I know. Uh, uh, as a group and as a team, our guys feed off of uh, that energy in there, and um, uh, we love it. It's uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a real good environment, and uh, it's only going to get better. That was uh, uh, <clears throat> that was one game. We need to to uh, do our part by putting on. Uh, you know, we, we feel we play an entertaining uh, uh, brand of lacrosse at all times. Um, ultimately, uh, you know, it comes down to winning or losing, but we'd like to think that we put on a good show. Um, and we want to be uh, prepared and, uh, and committed and, and reward anybody who came out. And, um, you know, we have a lot of loyal fans. We have a lot of fans that have followed us over the years, and, um, and they're a part of it. It just seems like everybody's uh, um, real excited right now, and uh, they got a real good team to go out there and watch. And, you know, that's our job to make sure they go home happy. So let's talk just a little bit more about how this game unfolded uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we could talk about slow starts, but I feel like we've now beaten that to death. It's just part of the script. I got something for that, but <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. seems to be part of the script. It's, I think it, it's, it's, uh, I think it's overanalyzed no... to tell you the truth. Okay, but <clears throat> in the but, game of lacrosse, right? Okay, you know, it's, 
but yeah. you know, not scoring goals for long stretches is not always the recipe for success. No, no, that's a fact. But what I'll say is that because the team has shown the propensity to overcome these slow starts, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay. It doesn't. Yeah. Like I really think that. Like when when the Rock are down two nothing through a good good chunk of that first quarter um, on Saturday night, I'm just like. No worry, no panic. And I don't know if that's starting to become a thing you're seeing on the bench too, is that the guys like, you know, you don't want to get into that position. It's not that like we're playing possum and then here we come. We're going to hit you with the one-two here after this. Not a, heavy, not, not a heavyweight fight. Tired yeah. of them out is what you're saying. But I'm just <clears> saying <throat> that like there must be no panic in this team and no reason for concerns if you start slow at this point. Well, I, I would think, um, you know, they know that it's, uh, uh, and Brad, I think, alluded to this uh, uh, in his interview after the Georgia game, right? It's a long game. It's a 60-minute game and, and uh, um, cliche things, but there is the truth. What I look for and what we look for and, and something that I would give you is it's not always just about the goals that you put up. Um, if you look at our, uh, um, you know, statistically, and I might be off here with the, um, you know, by a little bit, but... I believe we have, uh, you know, the most shot attempts in the first period throughout the league, um, second in the shots on goal. So where you start to get worried or should get worried is if you're not, you know, creating opportunities. So it's not as if um, we're going out there in that first quarter and, uh, you know, you feel like the, uh, the floor is tilted and we're playing defense all the time and we absolutely can't get anything going offensively. We're getting shots on net. We're creating opportunities. Maybe they're not falling uh, early for us or, or whatever it might be. Don't get me wrong. We'd love to walk out of the first quarter with five or six on the board. But when you see that, when you see us creating opportunities, when you see us playing strong defense, not letting the other team uh, transition the ball and things like that, I think it gives you a, um, you know, a sense of confidence that eventually, okay, we're going to get one. One's going to fall, and then um, away we go. So, uh, yes, we've, uh, we've started slowly on the scoreboard. Um, but we feel like we've uh, we've come out of the gates playing uh, pretty good lacrosse, and um, you know that's my story. Yeah, because I mean, further to those stats and, and what you're talking about, the Rock have outshot their opponents in every single game this year. Um, just pulling up some other stuff here, trail keeping in mind for everybody paying attention at home, the team is ten and five presently. So trailing after the first, the Rock are six and four. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Except for those four, but in those four, we were real bad. But yeah. but then you go to the half. Leading at the half, have led seven times, seven and zero. Tied at the half twice, two and zero. So leading or tied at the half, nine and zero this year. Trailing at the half, one and five. So maybe that's more the thing to look into rather than the first quarter. I think you're saying we better have a good first half. On well, yeah, yeah, but again, these aren't like rocket science type stuff. And then leading after the third, 10-0, and 0, trailing after the third, 0-5. That's maybe even the more telling stat. Yeah. <laughs> Time, then, time's running out. You yeah, know, and team. overtime 0-1. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like this is uh, one of those years where even though, you know, there's – obviously been five losses you look at you know you've generated like you've said you've generated chances some nights the ball doesn't drop right or the goaltending might have not been perfect on some nights but um you know it just seems like like you're saying that pretty well you're in every single game for the most part for large sections of it anyways mm -hmm. and then uh we're seeing some results 
I do want to talk a little bit about Nick Rose too, as he uh, turned in another pretty solid effort, uh, six goals against on uh, Saturday night. Hutchie let in one when he came in in relief. But Nick Rose is, I think, quietly having now one of his best seasons ever. And I know we don't want to start maybe throwing award stuff around here, but I started looking. I do love throwing it around. <laughs> Who's kidding who? Well, we don't, uh, we don't but, care about the regular season I know, awards, okay, but I, I, I know we need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, you know, you start to wonder, like a lot of times it's like, you know, this goal has been so good at the start of the year. He's the runaway goalie of the year. And then suddenly like the playing field levels itself out. And then, you know, whoever finishes hot kind of ends up being the guy. It's like, that's the goalie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think, Anytime Rosie's been in the conversation for the goaltender of the year, it's usually been the first half of his season has been so good. And then the second half of the season, when everybody kind of levels out a little bit, it seems like somebody else kind of steps up and steals the show. This year, a little bit of the opposite, but Rosie's got the second best goals against average in the league. And the guy that is ahead of him is Frankie Shiliano, who Rosie just beat head to head and quite convincingly. <clears throat> Um, obviously with the help of his teammates. But I'm just saying, you know, is this the year maybe Rosie gets that legitimate, you know, I mean, it's going to depend on how things finish down the stretch here, but is is he having goaltender of the year type season? I mean, the statistics right now kind of point in that direction. Second in the league in wins. His save percentage is under 80, so he's not in the top, you know, three or four in that category, but number two in goals against, which I know kind of maybe speaks more to it team statistic in in some in some cases but uh i've talked enough about it your yeah. thoughts on it <laughs> well uh a lot to uh, to unwrap there um you know i think uh we always feel that uh, nick is uh, uh is and should be in the conversation for uh, um goaltender of the year like we um you know but, but what what you brought up there um maybe kind of historically him starting stronger than uh, than how we finished and no, I, it goes hand in hand with how your team plays as well, and and I'm guessing those are the years when you start to get the calls for the backup to get some starts and stuff like that in the back half. And <laughs> is Rosie tiring? Because we we sure don't give him much rest. Um, you know what what you're seeing right now is is Nick is playing his best lacrosse. Um, you know when we need it, and it's going hand in hand with our our team playing our best lacrosse. And he'd be the first to tell you. Um, I think um, you know through his first five games of the season. Uh, we're up to uh, his standards along with the, our teams. You know, we were two and three. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, coming out of that against, uh, I think we placed uh, Rochester in game six. And ever since then, he's been uh, uh, he's been really good for the most part. Um, you know, uh, the one uh, statistic from a goalie standpoint that I look at is, uh, is save percentage. Uh, uh, and if you remember early on there, he was... Um, middle to lower of the pack but when you look at it now right you know so for you to uh, improve the save percentage that he has over that uh, we'll say a, a 10 game span like that's tough to do um, especially when you start uh, i think it was around uh, 0.75 there uh, early on in the season and now he's just under uh, under eight so um he's uh, he's a good one and and uh, he's uh, you know he's picked up his game uh, along with uh, with everyone else and uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to others to determine uh, uh, conversations, uh, uh, individual awards and stuff like that. The one thing I can say is that uh, um, we like having him out there and knowing that uh, he's uh, he's going to be there 
uh, for us night in and night out um, in my uh, long history with him when uh, it's needed most and the chips are down uh, Nick is always at his best and you know maybe that's why we uh, uh, you know because we needed that in week six of the season you know you're talking about a, a reversal of uh, starting strong and, and finishing strong like uh, uh, we needed Nick to be at his best um, after our, our start um, uh, being two and three and he's uh, he's performed great for us absolutely so my plea to the voters is if this Toronto Rock team finishes strong wins the games they need to to clinch a home playoff game in the first round you know who to pencil in at number one on your goalie of the year ballot. I think that's probably safe to say. Is there, because, is there ballots now? Like uh, I don't even know how yes. it works. Like it's, <laughs> paper ballots. Yeah, paper ballots. Yeah. Stuff them. Mail is that in. what, is that yeah. what you're saying? Kind of like the those old school all star uh, voting <laughs> in, in different leagues. Yeah, yeah. where you had yeah. to punch the little yeah, like Scantron sure. cards. Okay. Those ones. Yeah. All right. What I'm saying is, if the Rockets where they need to get to at the end of this season, and that's hosting a home playoff game, where they want to be, not where they need to be, where they want to be. You're probably going to say you've got some pretty strong goaltending down the stretch. So that's what I'm saying. Sure. Motors, pencil them in. I'm going to f- focus on the uh, the playoff <laughs> game, and you can handle the voters. Okay, right. so right. let's talk about the weekend as a whole now. Uh, for those people who don't know, the team had a bit of a flu bug or something run through the yeah. team, non-COVID illness uh, last week, and there were some roster moves. and um, And then on Friday night, after the game, you learn that Robbie Hellier is going to be out for a little while with an upper body injury. Um, guy stepped up big time. Yeah. Aaron Forster, a guy who looked awesome in preseason and just seemed to have a little bit of trouble finding his way early in the season, got his opportunity. And we made the graphic this week, the whole next man up. It was like Aaron Forster was the embodiment of that, you know, and what he was able to do on the weekend and chip in. Um, just tell us about <laughs> what was going through. I, I know just even preparing to go to Georgia, you know, there was just a lot of speculation as to who was going to be, you know, healthy enough to go and play. And then, you know, you lose Friday, uh, you lose Robbie Hell- Hellier Friday night and it just <laughs> didn't seem like it was going to end kind of thing. But, uh, how were you feeling before you left? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it got to the point where in Georgia through, uh, uh, in the morning, we were calling up, um, you know, some street free agents to make sure that they were uh, around and available Saturday because we we didn't know what we were going to have coming out of the Georgia game. And I don't I don't want to make too big a deal of it. Uh, teams deal with these things uh, um, uh, at different points throughout a season, um, and uh, uh, so it's something that uh, it's just adversity that uh, um, you have to f- kind of find a way. But it's uh, it's factual. It's the truth that started with us. Uh, um, probably got a first call Tuesday morning, um, and uh, uh, just kind of went, went through the whole uh, the whole team. Um, you know, we had an injury uh, sprinkled in there as well. Uh, we had four guys down in Georgia who, uh, under normal circumstances, if we were healthy, and that wasn't uh, um, the importance of that game wasn't as high as it was, they likely wouldn't have played. So, um, along with uh, four guys that, that didn't even travel with us to Georgia, so that's what we were dealing with. Funny how things work, though. Um, you know, sometimes through uh, uh, adversity, you find out. Uh, um, you know, you're at your strongest, and uh, um, we talked a lot about. Uh, uh, you know, our first five games, we felt our, our strongest game in our first five was the uh, the Halifax one uh, that we lost. Uh, um, 
similar as that was COVID situation where we were uh, scrambling just to, to field the team, right? So it's funny when you look back at things, maybe turning points or, um, you know, things that uh, defined your season, uh, what it might be. And uh, up to this point, it was week five. And, and maybe a month from now, we'll look back at this uh, past weekend and say, hey, that's the, the one that really kind of um, got everything rolling. So uh, credit to the guys. Uh, you mentioned uh, Aaron Forrester and, and Aaron's... Uh, uh, somebody that we uh, believe strongly in. Um, he had an opportunity at the start of the year, and um, you know, just uh, the way things went with our start, uh, um, he came out of the lineup, and and then as a team, we kind of uh, we got on a roll, right? So it was tough for him to get another opportunity, and um, you know, sometimes it uh, it takes a, a strange circumstance like this for uh, for someone to get a shot. Credit to him, he came out, and and over the two game stretch that we had, he was one of our best players on the floor. So. Um, that was uh, great to see because uh, he's someone that uh, um, has put a lot of work in and his teammates are real high on him, coaching staff, the whole organization. It's just, this is a tough league, right? And you, you play 17 uh, um, guys every night and you got a 19-man active roster, so it's, uh, it's tough to, uh, uh, to get opportunities. When you get them, you, you need to uh, hit a home run, and he certainly did that. And then you can take it further, uh, you know, Jordan McKenna, his situation, and um, which we, we all know he's, uh, you know, been playing hockey this year. And um, we, we thought uh, kind of Jordan's season was, uh, was done just uh, based on where our roster was and, and him still playing hockey and, and in an emergency situation. Uh, uh, he came in and, and gave us real good minutes over the, the weekend as well. So uh, total team effort. Uh, um, and then, uh, you know, you got uh, your regulars and the guys that were in there that uh, played through uh, – uh, some illness and, and uh, weren't feeling uh, very well, and everybody just kind of stepped up. So, Of course, the team with the wins and uh, a New York loss and uh, a Philadelphia loss, I guess they're over the last uh, week 18 games, clinched the Rock of Playoff for us. So we are basically today, as we're recording this, 30 days away from that May 7th, 8th weekend, which will be the first weekend of the playoffs. The team doesn't know whether we'll be playing home or away at this point, obviously, but does it feel like, you know, this past weekend, did it recharge the batteries a little bit too, where, you know, 10 and five now you're in good position. Um, there is a level of obviously win out and it means there's a home playoff game, no matter what anybody else does. Um, you know, when, you know, the scenario unfolds correctly here on the weekend with the rock win and a Halifax loss, then, April 16th is a clinching situation as well for a home playoff game. I mean, it it just kind of feels like the regular season a little bit has kind of flown by in some respects with even though there's been so much, it feels like that's gone on. We've played without fans. The team's battled COVID. We had this illness, the back-to-back. We've had some ups and downs here, guys injured, Dan Dawson's milestones. It's like there has been so much that has happened in this sure, season, yeah. but like – it's April. We're, there's three games left. But does it feel like with what happened last weekend, it's almost like a bit of a reset, like you're saying, a turning point. But this, to me, it feels like, okay, here it is, boys. We got three games to control our fate, and then it's playoff time. And that's what we're all here for, right? Like, it, it, it just feels like battled so hard here and through so much this season, and now you've got a portion of the rewards already in the basket. And now you've got just an amazing opportunity here ahead of you down the stretch. 
Yeah. Um, so, so, well, so the question was <laughs> recharge uh, you know, no, re the battery. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I guess right. I'm thinking uh, of how to answer that. Listen, we're we're in this for the long haul. Um, yeah. We all, you know, you, you know that at the start of the season, and and um, it is a long season, and it, it, it's a grind. And you pointed out, you know, a lot of things that we've gone through, and um, you know, but that's the league. The league has gone through this, and uh, um, you know, it's. Um, you can't help but have a little bit of a jump in your step just this time of year um, in general. Like uh, playoffs are right around the corner um, and uh, hey, springs in the air. You talked about the uh, the arena um, and the fan base and just throughout lacrosse, it seems, you know, all, all the time when you get through February and you turn to March, uh, there seems to just be an uptick, uh, uptick in lacrosse interest, uh, uh, whether it be going watching uh, The Rock or, or lacrosse happening here at the track. Like it's... Uh, um, it's tough not to get excited this time of year from uh, um, all the scenarios that you uh, pointed out or potential things that could happen. Like uh, that's not something that uh, that we talk about, that we focus on. I understand why it is discussed and, and the things that could happen. But, um, you know, our, our focus is just, uh, and I mentioned this to Shea and, and Richard after uh, uh, the last game, it's... Uh, there's going to come a time when it's a one and done, right? And that's what we're all gearing towards here in, in round one of the playoffs. So we, you know, and, and this has been consistent with, with how we approach things. We want to make sure that uh, uh, we give ourselves an opportunity each and every night, and that is by putting your best performance out there. So, um, you know, our focus uh, uh, is on that, and, and it won't change. And, and we feel if we do that consistently, all the stuff that you talked about will likely fall into place. But, uh, um you know, just what two weeks ago we felt like, you know, we laid an egg. So that that's yeah. how, how it can uh, uh, change from week to week and quickly. So your focus has to just be in the now, and it is about, um, you know, putting your best performance out there. And I've said it before: there'll be times when you do that and you're not successful. But if you don't do that, you, you need to do that each and every night in order mm -hmm. to give yourself the opportunity to be successful. And and we feel like when when we've been good. Uh, we, we've done that, and uh, um, the key is to eliminate those duds, and we've had a couple this year, um, but I like to think they're behind us. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess part of it, too, for me anyways, is just the fact that, you know, there is business to take care of this weekend, but I think when this schedule came out at the start of the year, the April 16th game against Halifax and the April 30th game against Buffalo, you just kind of knew, Right. That they would be just massive games, right? <laughs> Do you, like, <laughs> you, you're laughing. You likely know where I'm going. I know. Don't I care don't, about them right now. No, I don't because I think that's disrespectful to our opponent this weekend, which is Rochester. And I, I know what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. But, um, no, uh, we're focused on Rochester and, and solely Rochester. And uh, um, we'll deal with that other stuff after this weekend. But uh, uh, that's what we're locked in on. And, and um you know, we're going to be good down there Saturday night and, and we're going to put our best performance on the board and see where we come out. That's fair. As, I know that's as boring. The, no, that's the as the head coach, you're not allowed to be excited about how unbelievably awesome the atmosphere is going to be on April 16th back at First Ontario Centre. Well, I'm excited, but <laughs> just want to get there and get through Rochester first. All right. Some good meals coming up. I have the family in the house. They're coming. They're not missing that one. Family's got, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I was going to say, but some good meals coming up here the next couple of days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you know, uh, Jamie set one up for us. Yes. Uh, that was yeah, good yeah. that he did that. Well, yeah, a little miscommunication <laughs> there. But uh, um, 
Yeah, no, it's I think you, uh, get a you, nice you've dialed, chicken you, in. You've dialed out. Yeah. We got to give a shout out to La Felicita Catering I can't and Joe over there. Let who you takes pronounce care that. of us yes. big time. We've had and some good ones from uh, Joe, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, you know, throughout the uh, um, throughout the uh, preseason, I think we had uh, one other one when we went down the road. So, uh, looking forward to that, and uh, um, I know the guys sure appreciate it. So, good job setting that up, camera. <laughs> That's not. <what> happened. <laughs> All right, chicken. Everybody loves chicken. some good chicken yeah. before they grilled the chicken for this one. Is that what we real, went with? Real, real grilled chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would hope it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not chicken in a box or anything. That's yeah. what I'm oh, saying. Sometimes you go with the chicken parm. So that's always we got yeah. the we got the grilled. Yeah, that's good. That's better than the night before a game. All right, there you go. Yeah. Winner, winner. You're supposed to say chicken dinner. <laughs> chicken dinner. <laughs> um, lastly, before we let you go, uh, obviously some guys came out of the lineup, off the active roster, all that kind of stuff. Any updates at all going into this weekend yet, or are those? Many guys game time decisions. Yeah, no, um yeah, and there was a lot of moving pieces, right? So uh yeah, I believe Robbie had already gone, right? So that was yep. for uh uh for Billy on uh, Saturday. Yep. There was, they swapped. Uh, um so yeah, we still got a few guys. Um, you know, Dan wasn't available to us uh, last weekend. Um we don't know if he'll be available this weekend and and um you know Josh Jubenville won't be uh, won't be available. So um you know, I guess uh, uh, a couple of things to see how it uh, uh, plays out in the next 48 hours and, and kind of go from there. But anticipate the uh, the lineup being fairly similar to uh, Saturday night. All right. So that was Matt's invitation to everybody to make sure you're following the Toronto Rock on social media and visiting torontorock.com throughout the weekend for the latest on lineup decisions. Correct. All right. <laughs> All right, Maddie. Well, it was a pleasure here chatting for a little bit and getting caught up on everything from this past weekend. And uh, we wish you the best of luck on Saturday. Enjoy the meal, courtesy of La Felicita Catering, on Friday night here before the boys hit the road. And uh, we'll do this again soon. We will. You know where to find me. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just over there. Yeah, over there. <laughs> All right. That was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We will take a short break and be back to wrap up Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. All right, we have to thank Matty Sawyer for hopping on the podcast this week and chatting with us, fill us in on uh, all of his thoughts. Of course, a very interesting weekend with The Rock and everything that the team faced uh, going into Georgia and how the team responded as well on Saturday night. Now, coming up this weekend, the other thing we haven't really touched too much on is Dan Dawson is still tied in career assists with John Tavares as we enter this weekend's games. Dan was one of those players who fell ill going into last weekend and currently, as we record this, is still on the physically unable to perform list. So as Matt said, potentially game time decision, game day decision as to whether or not Dan will be ready to play. But keep your eye on that as we could be into record-breaking territory on Saturday night when the Toronto Rock travel down to Rochester to take on the Nighthawks as Dan Dawson needs one assist to become the NLL's all-time career assist leader at 935 assists. Incredible, incredible total. And obviously, he will have done it in very close to the same number of games as John Tavares because, of course, Doss just broke the game's played record, moving to 307. 
a couple of weeks ago at home. John Tavares, his 934 assists come in 306 games. Dan's come in 307. So they're currently tied at 934. 935 will break it. So Doss just needs to set up maybe Tom Schreiber. Maybe sets up Zach Manns. Maybe, maybe it's Dan Craig. He's been carrying the hot stick. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's that little part of history always that comes along with something like this when it's, you know, he broke the assist record, but who was it that scored the goal? There's the trivia question. So when that happens, Rock City, make sure you write that down because I'm sure at some point we'll be going to the well on that one and pulling that out as a trivia question as to who scored the goal when Dan Dawson broke the NLL assist record, career assist record. Fantastic stuff. Lots of great stuff coming up. It's April. We are closing in on the playoffs. We're getting ready for season membership renewals, opening up season memberships for the 22-23 season. Lots of stuff to be excited about in Rock City. And we couldn't have done all of this without you. The support from the fans in our new home at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton has been tremendous. And... We are going to have some special stuff planned to thank the fans on Saturday, April the 16th, because it will be Indigenous Heritage Night. It will be our charity game benefiting a uh, Smile Zone project in Six Nations. But it will also be Fan Appreciation Night presented by CoolBet. So there is going to be some extra stuff. We can kind of let the cat out of the bag here, but the first 2,000 fans in attendance are going to get a free Toronto Rock t-shirt courtesy of CoolBet. Uh, there's going to be lots of other great stuff going on, not only for Fan Appreciation Night, but also for Indigenous Heritage Night. And we will kind of dial all that stuff in for you guys next week, uh, just what you can expect. Now, also in terms of tickets, yes, they are going fast. Lore Bowl, again, is pushing towards being sold out. My guess is probably sometime in the middle of next week. Um, you know, the Lower Bowl, the tickets should be gone. So, uh, if you want a seat in the lower bowl, if you want to bring a group to the game, any of those things, my honest suggestion here, and this is not just, just a sales pitch. It's not a sales pitch. It's pure honesty. Get your tickets now. Avoid disappointment. If you want to bring a group, make sure you give us a call at our ticket office, 416-596-3075, and you can get in touch with somebody, or you can just send an email to tickets, plural, because you're going to need more than one, tickets at torontorock.com, and one of our account executives can help you get set up with a group, or if you're looking for any of our uh, packs that are still valid for the last game, like the family pack, or potentially even a six-ticket flex pack, you can use all your tickets there for the last game. And a reminder out to season members to make sure you use those bring-a-friend vouchers that are good for the regular season only. So you want to make sure that you get those in and redeem those, and you can do them all through your Rock City account manager uh, as well. You can use those Bring a Friend vouchers and bring some of those people to Rock City on Saturday, April the 16th, the ones that you've been saying, hey, it's so awesome here in Hamilton. you got to come and check out a game at First Ontario Centre. Here's a chance to give them a couple of tickets yourself if you're a season member and have those Bring a Friend vouchers still that you haven't used. Pass them on to your friends, get them out to Rock City, and then hopefully convert them into a season member themselves. It's how we're all helping each other, Rock City. It'll be great. All right, so that will about wrap things up for this week's program. Got to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, if you do have any 
listener mail that you'd like to send our way, you can certainly do that at totalaccess at torontorock.com. And I will do my best to get back to you. Or maybe we'll read your uh, note on the air. And uh, again, I feel like maybe we'll, maybe we'll put a little swag package together to you if you want to participate in that fashion. All right. That will about wrap things up for this edition. So in the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week. Mm-hmm.